Welcome to Budai Podcast. We're here working within Australia, uh, based in the Riverina, and we're focusing on the water element. So for those of you who have just tuned into what we're about, I'll give you a little bit of a brief overview. Our background is in within the Siddha and Ayurveda sciences because they're a holistic system and it's all-encompassing and it gathers the vital, the vital life force within that understanding and knows how to harness it and then uh, connect to every single molecule of life of it itself. And because we were very focused on the dance of the elements and how that resonates within our physical form, so we can then hopefully help to, for some of you, uh, connect to nature in a different sort of way. And also gives the, provides the opportunity to transcend what people think is a death because nature knows how to give life. It, it knows the cycles of life. So it understands when uh, a limb of the branch falls to the ground, it eventually breaks down, creates nutrients, gives mulch to the system to the understory but also the nutrients give life force vital life force to the soil which then opens up allowing the seeds that are dropping into that soil to grow blossom and bloom so it really understands that while the limb of that branch is part of its vital life force it isn't lost it doesn't die it simply moves from the branch the fibers of the branch and then resonates into the earth and then cycles back up so it's forever primordial infinite in its way so are human beings while the body might transcend and go into the earth or come to ashes or whatever happens to the body and not always some people the ancient rishis did this the cities the sitters did this um, some of them not all of them they just simply evolved their physical form and is still around to this day and that's thousands of years ago for some of them. So where others just vacated that form that they were originally in and then now stream in many ways. Some of them are in your rainforest, some of them are in the rock. There's so many things, so many areas that energy can become an embodied form into. So this is our focus. This is where we connect in humanity and more, more so we connect within the energetics of Gaia herself. And while there's no gender orientated, it's quite um, relative to uh, put a feminine intonation on that. We'll explain that, but not at this podcast. <laughs> okay, so focusing on the water element. So through the area of the Riverina, there's a beautiful river called the Murray. And it flows all, all along um, a vast tributary um, within that area or region. And it carries this amazing vital life force. And... And there's a little bit of untowardness where people have um, tried to block part of that flow so it doesn't flow into different parts of where it's needed to. So we're highlighting this not as a, something to wave a banner at, but this is what people do moment to moment. They block their energetic flow and try and hold on to it and rather than recognising that energy is designed for flow. You know, we're either trying to control our flow, trying to push back at it, which instantly causes a sense of resistance, which usually causes us to feel tired, out of sorts, sometimes in a primordial sense of diseasement. And that can become all-encompassing, especially when the focus remains um, for a very long period of time. That diseasement becomes many other things within the form. And that can be emotional, mental, or very much physical. 
And it can also call it cause a spiritual depletion. And spirituality is not something that we've ever really shared in that terminology because certainly the body that we're streaming through doesn't use that as an everyday because when you're living something so naturally, you don't think to bring a term to that party, you know, at least we don't. So, but this session, this podcast where we're really going to incorporate that, not the word so much, but the embodied energy of that. So everything is spirit. You know, because that's part of the vital life force that we all embody. And that's everything in life, whether it's the flora or the fauna, um, you know, everything, the rocks, everything has spirited nature, even if we go into denial of it. Just because some of us may not have a belief system that that's so, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. You know, so many times, you know, you've believed something for so long and something in you has changed, whether it's an external factor that's contributed to the change or something internal requires you to let go of what you once thought you knew through a belief system or many belief systems and just let it go only so you can come back into the space of existence and feel where you're moving through in your journey from that point on. Because often we have belief systems, you know, sometimes from a child we're told certain things and we believe that that's true because we're told, we trust the people that are telling us and they're usually doing it in good faith. But then as we form our own opinions, create our own journeys and experiences, then those things that we once believed were true start to change and, and transform. So in this current time frame, everyone's now onto the banner of either veganism, vegetarianism, um, waving the banner about environmental. But surrender all those forms of separation because every time something picks up a banner and starts waving it, and we can get a bit of become a bit, a bit more zealot-like when we do that. You know, sometimes because that passion becomes all-consuming, and we feel that our opinion is absolute. And why isn't anyone else coming on board? Well, everything we present here is something that's just putting thoughts out there, expressions, experiences that we as cosmic conscious beings, and there's so many of us that are streaming right now through this vehicle that, uh, that are coming through different sound waves, um, have, have witnessed but also participated in this in beautiful Gaia and beyond. So we come from the understanding that everything is sustainable nature is one of your most magical mystical yet so real spirit itself you know it really tells you how sustainable you you are if you just get out of your own blocks you know let your own blockages on that belief system of not being able to not good enough inferior all those not enough scarcity mentality all those things that harbor this ill willness towards the self uh, and blocks the sustainability that self-sustaining uh, knowing you know that's internal in connected to the cosmic mind so we do go quite deep in this podcast so this may not be for some of you but some of you might really devour it and really resonate with it but also have your own opinions around it all valid it's all part of the flow so and sometimes opinions of something can be uh, your best friend because they help you to navigate your internal pathways of uh, freedom sometimes it takes a while for them to break down so you become more open and just open to everyone's expressions without taking on board on board as your primordial truth because everyone's entitled to have their say you know based on where they're coming from so with sustainability 
you know, nature has proven itself, you know, for those who love to prove everything, you know, which we've never understood ourselves because you can never really prove something to another. You can make statements, but ultimately it comes down to what a person is within themselves and where they're streaming, how they perceive things and how they take information and filter it through their own knowing. So from that point of view, life itself in nature's uh, mirror is always uh, self-seeding. It knows that cycle of life. So even if people come in and they try and tear it down, it finds another way to give birth to itself because it understands that primordial consciousness and it just doesn't have those limiting thoughts. It says, I can't do this. And that's a, that's a fundamental difference that we see that causes a constant separation between humanity and nature itself. And not everyone is separate. Some of you, like us, we, we, we are connected, so connected that we become nature itself. Just because we understand the molecular structure, we understand how to stream our energy into a leaf or a tree trunk or a rainforest or a bushland or a, a garden. It really doesn't matter. It gives a gentle breath to our physical form that we're embodying right here, right now. So for those of you who are ready to dive deep into that, Check out some of our courses in Siddha Flow um, and Herbal Essence Bush Food Generation because we go into an in-depth uh, understanding through the breath, the non-breath in particular, but interwoven within the pranayama breath of life. And then connected to the eight limbs of yoga, but delving really deep into that. And when we use the term yoga, we're specifically meaning union. You know, um, it's more than the asanas, as so many of you are very, very much aware. So... From the sitter's perspective, it understands uh, from a scientific vibrational um, frequency that everything is interconnected, that every cell is capable of re renewing, restoring itself and regenerating and, and uh, rejuvenating itself. But from a human being's perspective, because we tend to create these limitations, the way the molecular structure reforms itself and self-seeds can be thwarted from a very healthy cell to one that has a, a functionality that it's that has been reduced. So it's not to get all stressed about these things because there are so many cells, there's infinite cells that are coming into your body at any given nanosecond. And um, letting go of even that, every opportunity, every moment provides an opportunity to shift your molecular structure. You know, and maybe to look at when you look in the mirror, you don't see anything visibly changing. However, we're very much focused within our Ajna. And that Ajna is connected as your holistic eye, connected to your two eyes. So there's many ways to see the world. Even the people who are, are, have no longer got the use of their two eyes, there is the ability to see life even when we haven't seen even if it's from birth, that you've never actually been able to see through those two eyes. Same with hearing. There are many ways to hear sound, and we can sense sound equally through the sound frequency vibrations. And those people who are hearing impaired, especially if they were born hearing impaired, you would know what we mean by this. And, uh, and even though you may not be able to, well, you won't be able to hear this audio, we're working on that so people who are will be able to hear these audios, but in a way that serves their um, own understanding. 
So that's something we won't go into because that's a whole different genre of metaphysics. And this is the other area. So we, we quantum physics is very much become in vogue now. People are becoming more aware, not so frightened that um, putting it on the shelf thinking, oh, that sounds just going to be too hard because it's something that every person is actually embodying. Quantum physics is that connection, that communion with everything that is uh, a life form. And even when you're disconnected on so many levels, you know, including with that, your own well-being, you know, we're, we're driven to succeed in so many ways, but understanding what succeeding is, is so variable. It's as infinite as the amount of people on this earth and probably more so beyond that. So letting go from what for this moment of fear of failure, fear of success, having success, um, and then losing it again. All those are just constructs of a mental mind because in life, coming from a pseudo perspective and an Ayurvedic perspective and actually consciousness itself, you're, we're simply here in the presence having experiences and it's only once we place a judgment do those experiences become a transformation into whatever that is for you, either a positive or a negative. And then those of you who don't judge it for either but resonate with the fact that, yeah, it's just an experience, now I want to move on to another experience, you know, is quite calming on the body. And those of you who have already experienced that, your nervous system would be much more fortified than someone who has that up and down stressor of success failed, success failed, that constant mantra and that constant fear of never being enough. It's really gut-wrenching and throws our digestive system way out of whack. It's also on a very a linear level, recognizing that everyone has the ability to have exactly what they want in this life. But yet again, we hold ourselves back all the time. Either it hasn't happened when we want it to, to happen, so we give up on ourselves or give up on that feeling that we can never have something, no matter what it is that we want. And we just let it go, and then we feel the victim to our desires rather than the creator of them. And sometimes things don't come our way because maybe it's not what we thought we were really were aligned with or maybe we just didn't know how to align ourselves to achieve that end result or, go, or, or, or change your streaming and allow that streaming to go into that direction. So as you're listening to this podcast, we highly recommend you go into the elongated breath because it will really penetrate into your cellular structure, your form, plus your mind, your mental mind, the one that's not totally aligned with your cosmic mind. Um, you know, it's still in the illusionary self of thinking there's a left and right side of the brain, rather recognizing that your brain is whole. It's not in a, a separation at all. And this defies some of the medical understanding absolutely but not from a Siddha and Ayurvedic perspective not when you come back from the original context of how that came into presence within itself it never ever separated the left and right hemisphere so if you're wondering who's coming through now Lord Shiva is one of the primordial essences as is Lord Ganesh and it doesn't matter whether you know that those resonances or whether you, you know it's something so different to where you're coming from with your belief systems it's irrelevant Shiva is the cosmic consciousness and you've got Lord Shiva and Lord Ganesh Lord Ganesh is known as the remover of obstacles but so few people really understand what that in, in its primordial sensitivity understands what that is we used to have a lot of people coming uh, and asking certain things as to why, you know, problem solving wasn't directed and, and realigned into the removal of it. But sometimes things happen in a person's lives to help them come into their own wisdom. 
you know, and instead of getting caught up and all huffy and puffy and getting agitated by it, when you come into the breath, and this transcends into every aspect of what's going on in your life, no matter what it is, no matter what country, what language you speak, it's a primordial essence of um, sattvic, pure energy. So sometimes that desire to gnat something out is helping you understand your own processes within your 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 own mind. And it can be very empowering, especially if you let it come to you through the breath. Because if you're breathing in an elongated manner, and that just means that that breath is flowing through your whole entire being. Most of you really breathe a very short, shallow type of breath. And then occasionally you'll have an intake of a deep breath. But it's not your everyday breathing pattern. And every single person has their own rhythm of breathing. But it's often discarnated, it's disconnected. So if you are open to it, we recommend that you um, start tuning into your breath and then someone will come your way or someone you'll meet someone or you hear about a course or your own inner teacher will give rise to the education of self and help you navigate your own pathways through the pranayama breath. And it's more than left nostril, right nostril breathing. It's so much more than that. But for us, it helps you connect through into the non-breath. And the non-breath recognizes that the air and ether are constantly permeating through your cellular structure to every fiber optic nerve, you know, which is every particle of your being. Even if there's some part of you that's been severed or some part of you that's no longer there, you know, if you, you don't have a limb where one used to be, it doesn't matter. Energy can create itself in many, many ways. So breathing through into a pranayama breath really helps your brain waves transcend blockages through fear. You know, we hold on to so many things through fear. We're afraid if we do something, what might happen? We're afraid before we even be open to infinite possibilities through safety because we're all about safety here. <laughs> we live in a safe environment because we're creating it. So coming from that, you can start to relax. You know, if you've been one of these really highly motivated, driven people that will, will achieve something at any cost, go into your breath because it will change and transform your mentality around success. It will calm it down, yet still enable you to achieve the successes you're after, but in a more ahimsa, do no harm frame of reference. And then saucha purity, cleanliness. Cleanliness in this context we're talking about is purifying your energy, you know, clearing the um, disruptive vibrations in your etheric form that extends way beyond your physical form. And in one of our courses, we actually help people uh, only in your own willingness and readiness. It's nothing is done by force uh, because you're a, a divine being within your own journey and quite capable of achieving anything with or without someone's external assistance. It's just knowing that. But there's an exercise that we um, ask people to participate in that really helps you go beyond your physical form but beyond your etheric form. And it starts to give you a very earthed understanding of how your energy can affect your peripheral but also affect anything that you come into contact, whether it's a person, an inanimate object, or nature, or whatever it is. But the more you connect in, a, in a, the vast sensitivity, the more you recognize how you can be the cause and effect of your own life, but everything around you as well. And if you're coming from a place of ahimsa, do no harm, then it really does change your world externally equally as it changes your internal world. 
and everything that becomes a reflection of that. So if you're not liking the world you live in, you can be the change of it just by making the changes of how you perceive yourself. It does. Every person can be the difference of the vastness of the world externally. Every single person. So sometimes it's so easy to get overwhelmed when you want to be the change of something because we tend to get very passionate. We wave our banner in a zealot-like manner and, and, and sort of sometimes it's really hard not to want to, you know, people attack another. You know, at the moment, this uh, plastic is the big frame of reference. And so people will start, and we've witnessed it, where people attack another because they've seen someone use a plastic bag. <laughs> that's, that's just as equally harmful as using a plastic bag because you're creating a disturbance, and so, so many of you won't like what we're saying. However, if you calm yourself through the breath and really think about what we've just said, it's about doing no harm. But when someone creates a violence through language and uh, a reprimand, you've caused harm. You've not followed Ahimsa. <laughs> so, you know, do what you know that for you, definitely, that is not going to do any harm. Create an awareness. Go general. Create an awareness saying, I've witnessed, you know, we've witnessed turtles swallowing uh, plastic bags. It's, hor it's horrifying. We've also witnessed people breaking off coral in the Great Barrier Reef and being very proud that they've got this piece of coloured coral, only to know that when they've put it into the, out of the water, it's lost its colour, it's lost its vital life force, it's, it's died. You know, so people, there's, you know, it's so easy to get passionate but then get carried away and start attacking another person. That's just as harmful. So there's maybe something to go into the breath with, release, definitely change your own behavioural patterns to be very connected to the environment so we stop manufacturing in such a manner. We stop using our creativity that's only going to cause harm to ourselves long term and all that is in it. But it starts within how we treat ourselves, you know, and when we treat ourselves kindly and we cease to be that non-violence to our external world by not manufacturing, by not creating these harmful products, and then also stop using them. But make the decision yourself. And then you're, you're sharing by example rather than coming at someone and giving them the lecture. Because if you yourself are being lectured at, it really shuts you down. It causes a, def causes a defense mechanism. And when we get defensive, we can't grow because we're, so, we're taking all our energy just to be defensive. And understandably so because you feel like you're being attacked. So... That said, obviously you will all do exactly what you want to do and that's perfectly fine and you certainly don't need us to say so. But the more you're aware of your tone when you talk to another, including the tone you talk to yourself, that in itself changes your world. It's just, it changes, it's gentle. People are less likely to have a self-inquirer come into playfulness um, when they're being um, attacked or reprimanded or scolded in some way. You see it as children and maybe you as a child when you, you, know, you can remember an experience where a teacher, maybe they've had a bad day and they've just uh, let fly and <laughs> really dressed you down or you were the child that didn't receive that gold star and uh, another, uh, your best friend in class received one and it was a bit, well, you were probably happy for that, your friend. It hurt because you felt like, you know, you weren't enough, you know. So it's funny how these standards of what's good and what's not good, what's better and, and less than, you know, are set in so many subliminal ways. Well, as an adult, you have the opportunity to change that behavioural pattern, not only within yourself, but, but, but also by not adding it to another human being and scolding them, you know. So moving back into the breath, 
So we felt that there's so many ways. There's, there's so many beautiful teachers. You yourself are a teacher, equally as a student. So And you have your own learning processes. But for us, we chose the breath and the non-breath and through the pranayama to help people connect energetically to their, to their vehicle. Because there's so many ways people are out there teaching, vortexes, you know, you've got the beautiful Abraham, you've got beautiful um, sad gurus, you've got your own guru within you, and then you've got people who are these beautiful entrepreneurs that are saying, hey, we're no teachers, but, you know, this is, we're doing it, we're living it, we're feeling our way, but maybe you could learn from what we're doing. This huge amount of um, wonderment in the in the world this in this day and age. So many people are out there putting their, how do we stay financially viable, you know, well, this is how we've done it. You know, maybe this will work for you. And if it's not, okay, let's see. You're in a community that may be able to give you an idea that will help you to go in your direction. It's a beautiful synergy to witness, definitely from a cosmic um, essence, um, because it's it's not coming from such a competitive, you know, I've got to win this, I've got to be more successful than you. It's coming from a let's go, let's have a collective consciousness. Because ultimately, everyone can be the success, whatever that is to them, without causing harm, ahimsa, it's just knowing that there's an abundance. The cosmos only comes from a state of abundance. So if ten, if ten people in the room come up with some herbal teas, <laughs> ten people will have people who will want to buy that tea because everyone cycles. You know, one minute you want this kind of flavor, the next minute you want that kind of flavor. Maybe that person's blend is a little bit different to that person's. Rather than let's give a rave review and let's give a bad review, Let's just be happy that someone's presented something that you have the opportunity to experience. And if that doesn't work for you, that isn't, isn't, isn't something to your taste, that's okay because it'll be for 10 other people's taste. Because for you, there is something else that's going to really give you a rise and shine in your everyday moment. So maybe some of you are getting what we're saying, that there is plenty to go around. There's no need for everyone to go into state of lack or fearfulness. Oh, get in quick because otherwise you'll miss out. I know everyone's heard that. In any language, you've heard that. At some point, someone has given off that scarcity vibration. You know, you'll miss out on this. <laughs> it's something that Ganesh Ganapati has a giggle at. And we'll read out a story that he said to Isis. You know, he was uh, hanging out with Isis one day. And there was this race. You know, if any one of you is an athlete or watch the Olympic Games and everyone's at the starting point. Let's say it's a 100-metre run. And that's the, that's the scenario Ganesh gave um, Isis. And so they're at the beginning of the starting. Everyone's going, ready, set, and the gun is ready to go off. And all of a sudden the gun goes off. Ready, go! And everyone's racing to the finish line. Everyone wants to be that winner. And then Ganesh, at the beginning of the start, as the gun went off, plopped himself down on the ground and giggled could not stop laughing. He was rolling around on the grass. He just thought it was so funny. So I just went up to him and said, Ganesh, what are you doing? You're not running. He said, no, I ran my own race and just giggled his giggle, could not stop laughing. And it's something that definitely Isis took under her um, consciousness or absorbed into her consciousness because in the environment she was currently streaming in, everyone was so competitive, you know, and it was a win at all costs. And she used to think, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> got to take a step away from here. I need to go back. Where's nature? Quick. you know. And she's never separate from nature because she can always bring a branch to her. However, 
she did desire to plonk herself back into the rainforest where she grew up and uh, just hang out with the trees and listen to the birds for a while and talk to the snakes. <laughs> from where we're coming from, snakes mean wisdom, okay? Um, not something to be scared of. That said, if there's a poisonous snake around, please don't go near it. Um, so there are so many ways to, perception can transform your life, you know. If you're, if you're one of these people that's still in that, that state of play where you've got to compete, ultimately one day you'll wake up and say, God, all that time I was just competing against myself. Because how amazing is it if we let go of our issues in our tissues when we come to us a work environment and just want to get on with the day, just have a great day, you know, smile to your colleague, you know, how much better is that environment? How much more do you get up out of bed and look forward to going to work rather than being terrified, am I going to lose my job today because we're in a state of scarcity? Or if a company is struggling rather than downsizing, recognizing, okay, so we're struggling as a, as a team, you know, no matter how many people are in that employee, as a team, how can we grow our business so we can all get what we require, you know? whether it's that pay rise or um, get an extra team person because we're so short-staffed. <laughs> I know a lot of you relate to that because a lot of environments are quite short-staffed. So some of you are doing 10 jobs, um, you know, for one person. So all these things, when we're not coming from scarcity, really change the way we are and also the way we choose to create. So all this, you can connect back into the breath because when you're full of life, through the breath, you feel really expanded. You have a gentleness in yourself. You've, there's a tone in you that feels very kind and caring. And it, you, you actually want to then reach out to someone in a kind manner. It's really lovely. It takes nothing to tune in and tap in. It's free, you know, except it's making that decision to change our way. And all of us at some stage have had this knee-jerk reaction where you've you know, said something out in an angry tone and you think, oh, I could have handled that better. You know, that happens, right? Especially as you're growing yourself, you know, and you're releasing things that maybe have been holding on for a lot longer. All of a sudden you have this memory that's really distressing to you and you think, God, where did that come? It's just a gentle release. It just needs to go back into the cosmos and, you know, disperse itself and cosmos takes care of that. And remember, you are that cosmos you know it's not some great being outside of you you are that being that's both external and internal and then realizing that it's no in and out it's simply flow of energy and that brings us to the start of the podcast that life is eternal you know when Isis first landed in, in a physical form it really hit her hard when she recognized that people always gave themselves a finite deadline <laughs> It's a funny term, deadline. It literally, people really do give them deadlines. And that's severing the energy. So, yeah, in a work environment or, or you know, you've got a goal, you give a, a date or a time frame of, by this time frame, I want this achieved. And that gives you something to strive for. And for those of you who, you know, it, that deadline comes and you haven't quite achieved it, some of you feel like, oh, God. You know, and they see that they didn't succeed in that. However, you have because you've got yourself to that that state where you've come that much further. So if you become more flexible, you recognize that there's a reason that that occurred. And in that, there's an opportunity to grow. But then there's also the deadlines that you see on t your TVs these days. <laughs> always preparing for death. Have you noticed? There's all these insurance ads and you're always preparing for death. And... 
interesting, you know, because then there's the guilt trip because you don't want to leave your loved ones with debt. And then there's this animosity that's created from that for some of you, not all of you. Some of you, like us, we split the switch off and we don't even own a TV. But when we have come around those who'd have and what's come on up on screen, it's like, hmm. And coming from a series of beings that are constantly moving through form, we recognize that life's eternal. It's so rupturing when you first land in a physical form, and we we have many occasions over the centuries, then, you know, you realise that people give this finite moment of their last breath rather than recognising that that breath is just simply moving and ready to go into a different form. And that is why in Budai we really focus on connecting people back to nature. Not only is it helpful for nature because maybe when people start developing this um, land that they will do it in a more harmonious manner. They'll be less likely to tear down all the bushland and instead find a way to create a dwelling that's in harmony with the bushland environment or the rainforest or the gardens, you know, and many of you have, and kudos to you, awesome, that you can feel that connection. You know, we watched something where this man built his whole house around a tree and you could see this gentle caring, this passion, this, you know, have I hurt the tree? Will the roots be okay? Will it be okay that it won't fall then down, you know? Huge teariness in this body, that's for sure, that someone just was so devoted in care. It was really exquisite. But also a duty of care that it wasn't going to fall on the house. That's also equally important, right? Because there's a mutual caring. The tree doesn't say, I'm going to fall on your house because I want to. You know, it may have just been on a lean, where it was leaning a particular, particular way. So in a world that's got the most exquisite designers, so passionate in their architectural manner. Um, and, you know, so many of you are creative. There's so many ways to use materials in a more healthful way that don't have to literally cost the earth. You know, who's heard that saying? Oh, my God, that costs the earth. And that's so true. <laughs> See, our body tells us the language we need to hear, and yet we don't even notice we've said that. It does cost the earth. You know, when we're annihilating the, the bush that we have around the world, whether it's in the Amazon or whatever, we're, we're taking our, away um, our photosynthesis opportunity to create beautiful air, you know, air that helps us breathe as human beings. You know, all those things that are happening. But, you know, it's one thing to say it, but when you actually recognize the interconnected, the tapestries of light that move between one form, one living entity to another, it really does naturally, without being a zealot, without being waving that environmental banner, you can't help but to go connect to it. You can't help but realize your actions and the cause and effect to that. And without the need of people becoming so zealot orientated and start lecturing and start um, creating a polarity of war on so many levels, you know, we begin to be the change as each individual connects as a community that then is connected around the world. We do that and it's, it's pleasant, you know. Those people who want to be the change but don't know how aren't so afraid then to approach someone who's more, more aware of that connectivity, you know, because they're not so scared then of being attacked just because they maybe have not come to that state in awareness. So some of you are already getting where we're coming from. If you don't, no problem, right? No biggie. So creating your dwellings, that's something that uh, cost right? Cost prohibitive, that's another thing. So the question mark for us would be, how can you transcend the high cost of creating these beautiful dwellings? Because isn't the cost long term 
much greater than the initial cost. And if that's the case, how as a community, even with your neurofamily nucleus, could you be the change of that? Even with one individual, how could you be the change of that? How would you create something? What materials would you use? But how would you touch the earth lightly? You know, instead of creating all these estates, you know, where they've cleared the land and all of a sudden you've got these houses, what we call Lego land, all plonked on these bare, barren blocks, you know, barely a tree. Oh, and wait, we have a token gesture, which is lovely, to plant the streetscape. There's a one tree set apart by so many metres, and that's growing. And then the occasional one will be taken away by someone who needs it in their backyard. <laughs> Some of you have seen that, right? So then all the people that are in these dwellings, well, some of them are too busy and not interested in having a garden. Fair enough. You know, some gardens do need some maintenance, but some don't. And then others are really passionate and they're out there growing and planting. But imagine, rather than clearing all that land, and some people are already using bacon blocks, so, you know, that's a great opportunity to start seeding it just by scattering seeds. So that's it's where it starts. It's what nature does. It scatters seeds. You know, let the rain come and water them, all those sorts of things. So that seems simplistic, yet that's what nature does all the time. So put us back into an environment where we aren't developing that bushland, but we're coming in, connecting to it. Before we do anything, we breathe life in within the understanding, the essence, the vital essence of that rainforest or that bushland. We breathe it in. You know, And if it's one of these places that has a spectacular view, we witnessed this in, in Queensland, where a developer had come in, and it's not an attack on any developers, by the way, it's just an awareness that they wanted these million-dollar views that they could sell this property. So they literally bulldozed vast locations of it because they wanted to on-sell the land for millions of dollars, and they succeeded. And all the wildlife had to flee and find somewhere to go. But imagine being the change of that, still wanting to develop it, fair enough, but go in there and breathe and say, okay, how come? And some of you have already done that. You've created these beautiful eco um, towns, you know, where you've built in accordance and kept a majority of it, but also they've been wildlife orientated. There's that symbiosis occurring. But that's something that we have the opportunity to create moment to moment anywhere that we are without being fearful that we won't have enough places to house people. And that's not on this podcast where we address that. You yourselves are probably addressing that in your own unique way anyway. But for us, it comes back to where we started from. Ahimsa, do no harm, saucha, and self-development. Because the more we connect to the infinite vital life force, the more we recognize that everything does have a cause and effect. But when we transcend that again, because our cause and effect is in harmony with nature, it creates this beautiful equanimity. So something to flow in, something to ponder, something to breathe in life. Um, and that's our podcast for today. So thank you for participating. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being present and the presence while we've presented this analogy. Namaste.